All right, let's start with case one. All of these are actual cases that I had. Case one. This is a 22-year-old gentleman, history of diabetes coming in with a chief complaint of shortness of breath. He presents to triage in the ER, and these are his vitals. He's tacky, he's super tachypnic, blood pressure's not looking so great, he's setting fine, temp's fine, and because in triage, he just keeps saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I'm so short of breath, they do a couple other studies. They get a glucose, which is quite high. They get an EKG, just shows sinus tachycardia, and they get a chest x-ray, which is totally normal. Um, the first teaching point here is that anybody who comes in with shortness of breath, yes, they can have pneumonia, they can have ARDS, they can have pulmonary edema. Don't forget, if you have any kind of acidosis, a metabolic acidosis, often people will say, I'm short of breath, I can't breathe. They don't say, I have a metabolic acidosis, they'll say, I can't breathe. So he really can't breathe. He's really struggling. And then you get an ABG. And I actually took a screenshot of this. This was the real uh, ABG because um, I took a look at it and I called the lab and I was like, yeah, no, that's not right. That can't be right. They were like, no, that's what the machine said. Hmm. What number am I objecting to here? Which one of these numbers cannot be the case? Yeah, the bicarb. Can you have a negative bicarb? Is that a thing? No, that's not a thing. My patient's not imploding in front of me. Of course the bicarb isn't negative. So the first point I want to make about this ABG is that on a blood gas, as opposed to a basic metabolic panel, the bicarb is calculated, not measured. Meaning you can only trust it so far because as you can see, it sometimes gives you numbers like the bicarb is negative 2.5, which demonstrably it's not. Okay, second thing about this EBG. This is the other number that really stands out, right? This base excess of negative 25. We talk a lot about base excess. We particularly like it in surgical ICU, we like it in trauma. What does it mean? What does it actually mean? And I give this lecture a lot and I ask people to explain to me what it means. And people sort of do this thing where they, well, it's the excess of, base. Okay, good. But what does it actually mean? Here's the deal. Base excess means the magnitude and direction of the purely metabolic contribution to the acid-base disturbance. So what this is saying is that if you correct any respiratory component to normal, you take the respiratory component of the acid-base equation off the table. Is there a purely metabolic acid-base disorder going on? And what's the magnitude? As in, if it's 23 or negative 23, that's a larger magnitude than if it's 3 and negative 3, and the direction, hence the plus 2, negative 2. Now, just to confuse everybody, there's different labs. Some do base excess, some do base deficit. Everybody gets confused about the double negative. That doesn't really matter. You can work through that depending what your lab does. But the bottom line is, in this case, this patient has a super negative base excess. What that is telling us is he has a profound metabolic contribution of a metabolic acidosis to this acid-base disturbance. That is what the base excess is telling you. Now, this can be a very useful number sometimes. The thing about it is that it's an oversimplification. 
it assumes that your patient only has one acid-base disorder going on. Now, in a young, healthy trauma patient who comes in and who's bleeding to death, it's probably a safe assumption to assume that their metabolic acidosis and whatever their acid-base disorder is, is because they're bleeding to death. Is it possible that they also came in and they just happened to also have sepsis and were vomiting and all these other things? Yeah, it's possible, but probably not. As opposed to your elderly, complex patient you find on the MICU, that patient very well may have multiple disorders. And the base excess just lumps them all together. So this is a dangerous number to interpret without context. Again, you got to have the context. But that's what the base excess means. So let's talk about our patient. Let's just say his bicarb's not actually negative 2. Let's just call it 2. The next question we want to know is, is our patient appropriately compensated for his metabolic acidosis? Firstly, why do we care? I mean, other than the fact that your ICU attending will ask you that, why do we care? Well, in critical care, whenever you're looking at a patient, you always want to be thinking about how close they are to that physiologic cliff. Are they like hanging back, nice and far away? Or are they like creeping towards and sort of looking over that physiologic cliff? How much room do you have to maneuver? And the reason you care about this kind of compensation in an acid-base disorder is because it helps you figure out how close your patient is to that physiologic cliff. Is there still room for them to compensate? So how do we figure this out? Well, respiratory compensation for an acute metabolic acidosis. That's the question we're asking, right? Now, if you all think back to medical school or residency, respiratory compensation for an acute metabolic acidosis is Winter's formula, right? Okay, everybody, really fast, together, Winter's formula. Exactly. Nobody remembers this, or people remember it, but trying to do math at 2 a.m., not so much. I don't trust myself to do math at 2 a.m. And it also takes you a minute. It doesn't allow you to just glance at the numbers and understand what's going on. You have to look at the numbers, pull out your phone, do some calculations. You don't actually need it. There is an easier way to do this. Ready? Okay. This is it. The CO2 should equal the last two digits of the pH. So as an example, if this is our sample ABG, what we are saying is that in a patient who has an acute metabolic acidosis, who is appropriately compensated from a respiratory standpoint, the CO2 should equal the last two digits of the pH. Ta-da! Simple. No math. This allows you to just glance at the numbers and in seconds say, no, yep, no, our patient's more or less compensated. We're in a good place. Now, inevitably, at some point, a nephrologist or a intensivist is really going to want you to do math. These people like math. It's what they do. And they're going to want you to do Winter's formula. Well, you can refer them to their own literature. It turns out that it doesn't matter. This was a study that looked at predicting arterial CO2 in acute metabolic acidosis, and it compared different ways of doing it. It compared this last two digits of the pH method to actually calculating it with Winter's formula. It found there was no difference. 
If you look it up to date, the Bible of All Medicine, up to date will tell you there are three different ways to do this. The first two involve math, the third doesn't. What does up to date say? It says, they all give you similar results, use whichever one you want. Okay, if you really like math and you want to do extra math, have a field day, but I don't. So I use the one that allows me to just glance at it quickly, and it doesn't give me numbers that are any different than I would get from actually doing Winter's formula. Okay, so there's a little problem though. Because this method and Winter's formula and any other way that you want to evaluate a respiratory compensation for an acute metabolic acidosis, they all break down at a pH of less than 7.10. Why? Why is that? Why doesn't this work anymore when you get down below a pH of 7.1? Well, answer me this question. How low can somebody get their CO2? Can I breathe fast enough and deep enough to get my CO2 down to zero? Is that a thing? No, that's not a thing. Turns out that the limit of physiologic compensation, the limit of how low somebody can breathe down their CO2 is about 10. So that's why this breaks down at a pH of less than 7.1, because that is the point that you can't compensate physiologically anymore. That's also why this is a very scary pH. Because remember that cliff we talked about? Well, your patient's in trouble because they are at the limit of what they can do to compensate. When you have a metabolic acidosis acutely that's so profound that your pH is down to 7.10, you're in trouble and you have to realize that. So let's go back to the question. Is our patient appropriately compensated for his metabolic acidosis? Well, he's as compensated as he's going to get, right? He's doing the best that he can. He has blown his CO2 down all the way to 10, which, pat on the back, good for him. That's as far as he can get it. He has hit the limits of his compensation. And that should make you very, very concerned because we have nowhere to go from here. 